so we're in this series called Say What? Looking at this question of how do we know the Bible is true? And sec- coupled with that question is which version of the Bible is the most accurate or which version of the Bible should I read? You know, kind of why or how do we know? And I think that this, this question really came from a place of how do we know that, how can we truly believe that the Bible is true if we have all these versions? And if you read these versions, there's differences, right? Like you can read one version and it sounds pretty different from another version. So how can we say that this is all true if there's all these different versions? I think is really where this question was kind of coming from. <clears throat> we look at verses like uh, 1 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, and correcting. And so we look at this idea of Scripture being God-breathed, and we have this biblical teaching, this this theological understanding of what is called biblical inerrancy. And that's just a really fancy church word for the Bible's perfect, right? And everything in the Bible is perfect. And and Christians, uh, Protestant Christianity is founded on this idea. Now, it's kind of wavering right now as, as... Christianity becomes a little more unstable, uh, but but it's Protestant Christianity is rooted in this idea that the Bible is inerrant, that it is perfect without mistakes. And so we look at that scripture that says all scripture is God breathed, and that's that's one of the main areas we use to point back to the Bible being perfect. So how can we know then that the Bible is true? And there's a, there's a piece of theology, there's a piece of, of Christianity called apologetics. Has anyone ever heard of apologetics? Okay, uh, uh, some, some of you guys have. So apologetics is basically uh, proving your faith, right? It, it, apologetics is all about finding ways to prove that Christianity is true. And a big foundational part of apologetics um, is to... Prove that the Bible is true, right? Because if you can prove that the Bible is accurate, that the Bible is true, that the Bible is perfect, then it's not very hard of a stretch to say that Christianity is the right religion, right? Because if we believe the Bible is true, then Christianity is right. The trick with apologetics is usually it's viewed as proving your faith without using the Bible because people will always refute, well, if you're going to use the Bible, I don't believe the Bible. So there's, there are ways to prove apologetics, that Christianity is true with the Bible, and there's ways to prove it without the Bible. And, and so what I'm thinking we're going to look at probably in the next series is really examining Scripture and how we can know that the Bible is true. Because as I started to look through this and I started to research it and study it, I was like, there's no way I could do this question justice in 30 minutes, right? That, that is a major foundational belief of Christianity, that the Bible is perfect and that the Bible is true. And, and so for us to really dig in and understand and answer that question, it's going to take more than just one 30-minute lesson. So... If this was your question, again, I have no idea who asked what questions and where they came from. Or, and, and some of you guys asked very similar questions or duplicated them. So if this was your question, 
and you leave tonight going, he did not even prove to me that the Bible was true, it's okay. We will get there, okay? Um, I may not answer that question directly tonight, but uh, we will dive in. Probably our next series will be looking at biblical inerrancy and proving that the Bible is true and the Bible is accurate and the Bible is perfect. So for tonight, what I'm going to ask you to do is something that is probably very challenging, especially since at least one or more of you, I think this was definitely a question that multiple people ask, how do we know the Bible is true? Um, knowing that probably multiple of you in here have that question and are, and are holding on to this wondering of whether the Bible's true, what I'm going to ask you to do for tonight is I want you to just, the Bible's true, okay? Let's just, if, you, if you're unsure about that or you don't believe that or whatever, let's just all be on the same page going into this lesson that we're going to talk about tonight saying that the Bible is true, okay? Can we all get on that same page? You can disagree with me later, but for right now, let's all be on the same page that the Bible is perfect, the Bible is true, Okay? So what do we know about the Bible? So, so really what we're going to be looking at tonight is, is versions of the Bible, okay? If you missed that, that switch right there. So we're not necessarily going to be looking at, is the Bible perfect? Is the Bible inerrant? Is it true? We're going to be looking at, why do we have so many versions of the Bible? How can we have so many versions of the Bible and it all be traced back to one original source? And, as, and essentially we're going to get to the answer to the question of which version of the Bible should I read? I bet all of you in here can name at least one version of the Bible. Is that accurate? Yes. Okay. What, what version? NIV. National International Version. Okay. <coughs> Sorry. New International Version. I was thinking of something else. New International Version. Okay. That is the second most popular version of the Bible, according to a recent poll. What is, anyone know someone? Another one? HCSB, the Holman Christian Standard Bible, now just known as the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible. I don't know why they dropped the Holman, but I've been told that that is the official Bible translation of the Southern Baptist belief. But take that as you will. Huh? King James, KJV. Okay, King James Version. You don't Google it, really. Uh, King James Version. Okay. And then again, off of King James Version, we have the new King James Version, which King James is the most popular looking at purchased copies of the Bible. Uh, the King James Version is the most popular. It is also uh, the oldest translation of the Bible. Yes. The, new living, the, 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 one that the NLT, yeah. the New Living Translation. Okay. The ESV, the English Standard Version, super trendy today, guys. Let me tell you right now, if you're not ESV, you're not cool. Okay? Uh, no, ESV is a very, very popular uh, version of the Bible right now. It's like this year's NIV, guys. It's the new NIV. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. Any other that you guys can think of? The Bible? I'm so proud of you, Caleb. The Bible is the popular version. Any other versions? Anyone heard of a version called the message? Oh, good. You're Christians. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, the message is a paraphrased Bible. It's not actually like scripture. It's just like written in common speak. Um, 
but it is a very it for a while it was a very popular translation. Alright. So here's what we so can anyone think of any other translations of the Bible? Anything else? There are some other ones, but what that was a pretty good list that you guys just came up with, okay? So who can tell me what language the Bible's written in? Your Bible's not written in English? How do you read it? Oh, it is now. It wasn't originally written in English. Okay. So, no one mentioned those translations. I don't know the validity of that statement. <clears throat> okay. So, let's look at this from a realistic standpoint. Okay. Every translation we have of the Bible, and I said the King James, the KJV, was the oldest uh, translation. Okay, we know, obviously, we're not stupid. We know that Jesus wasn't walking around speaking English, okay? And we know that the Bible was not written in English. Yeah, Jesus was not going around going, sup, dog. Okay, seriously, like, that's not happening. <laughs> he... Whatever. Okay? But we know that the Old Testament... Hey, listen. Focus back here. We know that the Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew. Huh? Okay. And the, the New Testament was originally written in mostly Greek. Okay? So we can know for a fact that any English version of the Bible is a translation. Okay? Not a version, a translation. And there is a difference. Okay? We like to call them like the New Living Translation. It's not a translation, it's a version. Okay? A translation means you're translating it from one language to another. Okay? So if you're taking notes, our first point is any English version of the Bible we read is a translation. Okay? <clears throat> so let's play a game real quick. Okay? Some of you guys may... Yeah, chill. It's okay to play games. Um, so I see this done all the time. Okay, I see it do, done like on late night talk shows and everything, and it looks so fun. And I was like, this will be so cool. I can totally do this. And I tried to do it today, and it went horribly. Okay, so this is not as challenging as I was hoping that it would be or that late night talk shows make it look. But have you guys ever seen the thing where you put a phrase or, or a word or something in Google Translate and translate it to like different languages and then back to English and it's like something totally different? Okay, so I tried to do that. It didn't go well, okay? I translated it from English to Japanese and back to English, and it was not, it didn't change it a whole lot. But here's what we're going to do. Here's the game we're going to play, okay? I'm going to give you, I've got four phrases, and they are very popular movie quotes, okay? Four very popular quotes from movies. I'm going to give you the English redone, okay, so English to Japanese to English. I'm going to give you the final result and you have to guess what the quote is and what the movie it's from, okay? So the first one is, may power be with you. Okay. So we have an original quote of, may the force be with you from Star Wars. Okay. I did, and it actually got better. I'm telling you, it was a rough day trying to do this, okay? I, I played with it a lot. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so... May the power be with you came from may the force be with you. Okay? Here's the second one. 
There is no better place than my home. There's no place like home from Wizard of Oz. Okay? Okay, (laughs) here's the third one. You ready? You need a big boat. You need a big boat. No. Anyone? Okay, this one's from Jaws. What is it? Yeah, you're going to need a bigger boat. Okay? Yeah. Very famous line from Jaws. Okay? So, you're, you need a big boat. Comes from you're going to need a bigger boat. Okay, and here's our last one. Say hello to my kid. Okay? Say hello to my little friend from Scarface. Okay? Scarface. It's a movie. Okay? Don't worry about it. You shouldn't watch it. Bad movie. It's just a very famous quote. Okay? And I like that it came out as say hello to my kid. I thought that was kind of funny that it translated little friend to kid. But whatever. So what we can learn from this, and again, I really, really wish that this had gone a lot better. Like if you watch this on, I even watched like five or six YouTube videos of people doing this and theirs were so funny and mine were lame. But if you, what we can learn from this is that as we translate from language to language, things change, right? Things are lost, things are gained, things change. Language is not something that is directly translatable. Okay, so if we're looking at the fact that any scripture that we read, any version of the Bible that we read is a translation, we have to already understand that there is something different about it. Right. We have to understand that it is not the original Greek and Hebrew text that were originally written. Okay, we have to understand that. Now, this doesn't mean that our translation of the Bible is not scripture because it's not original, right? When when the Bible says that all scripture is God-breathed, it is talking about the original text. It is talking about the original versions, manuscripts of the Bible. So we know that can be true, but we also understand that when we translate it into a language, we can understand there will be things lost. Another thing we can see <clears throat> is that language changes over time. Okay, Haley, do you remember what the phrase was that I said the other day um, when we were talking? And you said, why did you say that? Um, I was trying to pretend like I was a teen today, and I said something that teens back whenever I was a teen would have said. Um, yeah, I can't remember either. It's okay. But um, something probably like sup dog, uh, but like no one says that anymore, but that was like really popular whenever I was younger. But language changes over time, right? Even like recently, like that we see that phrases that were popular four or five years ago that I could say, and I'm not even going to try to speak cool because you'll be like, oh, Brian, that was so 2019. Um, but Languages, phrases that you guys say, that people say, even just a couple years ago, are obsolete now. No one says that anymore. How lang are you? And then you look at like, uh, how many of you guys, I'm the king of these. How many of you guys know like uh, old people sayings, right? Like when you hear like, 
when you hear like your grandpa go, well, that's, that's weirder than a cockroach in a light fixture. I don't, I don't know. Like some that you, you guys know what I'm talking about when you hear old people's, what? Yeah. Like you go, oh my goodness, that's slower than molasses in January. Okay. Like, like these idioms that we have, but not as many people say those anymore. Language changes over time. So we can understand not only do we not have the same, like a direct translation from language to language, but we also can realize that when we translate it to English, a difference of 50, 60, 70, 80 years, and we're reading much different versions of the Bible. Or we're maybe needing different versions of the Bible. And so when we look at how we can translate from language to language, there's really three ways we can do it. Okay? So if you're keeping track at home, keeping score on your notepad, taking notes is what that means. There's three ways we can translate language to language. We can do word for word. We can do thought for thought, or we can do a paraphrase, okay? So word for word means that literally you take every word in the other language and you translate it to English and you put it together pretty much no matter how funny it sounds, okay? So like, if you know Spanish, they say things a little backwards than we do, right? Like, they would say like, uh, yeah, they would say like, like brown dog, well, I don't know what brown is. Uh, huh? Cafe. So it'd be yeah, it'd be no, it'd be yeah. They they they'd say they would say uh, dog brown, right? And then in English we would say brown dog, right? And, and so we can understand that like when we translate from English to English, if we literally do word for word, things are going to sound different, right? And they may read kind of weird. Thought for thought means that we take a phrase. So you would be like, the dog is brown. In Spanish, it would be the, the brown. Yeah, so the, 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 the dog is, br- okay. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. So you take the, I didn't need to, I'm not good enough at Spanish to have someone who speaks Spanish in the room with me and trying to correct me, okay? Um, <laughs> that is not okay. Uh, um, <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> we're, we're just going off into the. Well, when I thought we were talking about translations tonight, I didn't think we were going to go off on this tangent. But anyway, no. Um, so, but you can understand that when you say a phrase or, or a sentence in English, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be structured differently in Spanish or in a different language. And so basically what it would be is you don't just take the word and change every individual single word and just put it down on a paper. You take the sentence, you take the thought, and you... You write it how a person in English would say it, right? Like that's the difference between word for word and thought for thought. And the final one is a paraphrase. And so you would read that says uh, brown dog and then you go, okay, so there is a dog in the room and it is brown. Okay, so, well, you, a, sent, a sentence fragment. Um, so anyway, we can understand how... The difference between word for word is a direct translation of word for word. Thought for thought is a like essentially a sentence or a thought translated into a thought. And a paraphrase is you take what they say and you either add more detail or you give more direction. Okay, So those are really the three ways 
that we can translate Scripture. <clears throat> so what does this mean? How does this help us? How do we know, like, what's the best way to do it? Is the best thing to do word for word? Because we're literally taking the Greek words, the Hebrew words, and we're translating them to English words. Or is it the best way to do it? Phrases, so that we get the idea of what the author's trying to say, and, and we get it in a way that we can understand it. Or is it a paraphrase, where they use maybe a phrase or, or an idiom that we don't understand, that wouldn't make any sense in English, and they change it into what it actually means, and give us more details, more descriptions. So which one's the best? There's a common thought, and, and I don't know where this came from. I don't know even why this is. I think it's just simply because it's what was available, and people don't like change. But there is a thought that the King James Version is the quote-unquote right version of the Bible. Okay? So the King James Version was the original text of the Bible in English. Okay? It has been... It, it has had different versions over time. Um, and here's the deal. The King James Version is a word-for-word, word, okay, it's word-for-word, word, translation of manuscripts that were written in the 14 to 1500s, Okay? So essentially what we had was we had people who had been taking old original translations of the Bible and passing it on and passing it on and passing it on. And finally, in the 1600s, someone took those original texts, those original, or they took the, what had been essentially telephoned. You guys know the game telephone where you pass it. So they had taken the original text and they had telephoned this to to around the 14 or 1500s and made these manuscripts that were the closest thing that they had to the original biblical text. And that was translated word for word into what we now know as the King James Version around uh, the, the middle of the 1600s. Okay? <clears throat> so the good thing about the King James Version, it's the oldest English translation of the Bible. It's a word for word, which means that it's literally a direct translation of scripture. Now, whenever I was younger, and I'm sure there were other versions, the NIV was really the only other version that there was. It was either you're KJV or you were like a hippie and read the NIV. Okay, that was like how it was whenever I was a kid. Now there's all these different ones. And people, I think, have a misconception, and I just want to debunk this right now. I don't know if any of you guys think this or whatever. The NIV, the ESV, the, the ACB, the BCA, whatever, you, whatever acronym you want to come up for any translation of the Bible, these, these newer versions of the Bible are not translations of the KJV. Okay? The NIV is not a more modern version of the KJV. Okay? What these newer versions are is they are more modern translations of of older manuscripts. And you may be wondering to yourself, how does this happen? Well, I'll tell you. There's this thing called archaeology. And over time, since the 14-1500s, guys, that's a long time ago if you're keeping track. They have found older manuscripts of biblical text. So instead of something that has played the telephone game for about 
1,500 years. They found stuff that has maybe only played the telephone game for two to 300 years. Which I think I can all tell you, if you pass a telephone game through two people as opposed to 16 people, that's a lot better. Right? You're going to get a much closer depiction to what was originally done. So these newer translations, the NIV uh, mainly is the one we're looking at here, are translations, and the NIV is a thought for thought. Okay, so we'll just go ahead and cross that right now. If you want a, if you want a word for word that's from those, ESV is going to be your, we'll get into all that in a minute. The NIV is a thought for thought translation of these older manuscripts. So theoretically, and I'm not, don't quote me on this, I'm just saying what I would believe is that these older manuscripts are more accurate representations of the original scriptures and they are translated into a more readable version for us. Okay? My personal Bible, please, Bible of preference is the NIV. I have used it since I was a kid. Like I said, it was really the only other option other than KJV, and I love it. It's easy for me to read. It's easy for me to understand. That is my version of choice. So you were the hippie? I was, I, yes, I was the 10-year-old hippie. Um, so, but we have to realize that these versions are not related in any way to the King James Version. They are translations of different manuscripts. Okay. Now, people will say the NIV, the ESV, different versions have removed scriptures from what was in the KJV. Okay? That things in the New Bibles are different than the KJV, and that's why they're wrong. The KJV was the original. It is right. And I'll tell you why that is. A couple things. One, the KJV used a different manuscript, so things were different. And guess what? People tend to change things. That's why the telephone game is what it is. So the things that are in the King James Version are maybe not in those original manuscripts. Now, I will say that anything that is taken out of the King James Version, and I can, I can quote a couple for you. One's Matthew eighteen eleven. Go look it up in your Bibles. It will probably not be there unless you have a King James Version. Okay? That was a quote from Jesus in a different part of Scripture. And it was a quote that people who wrote the King James Version liked to put in as a filler in different places. And so when people were translating the old manuscripts into the NIV, that was not there. And so they didn't put it in. Ver things that are different from the KJV are... Yeah, it just skips 11. Yeah, I told you. Um, the, ver the verse is in there. Is actually in like Luke. I, I'm not going to misquote it. Yeah. Um, but you can look it up. And it just says, it's Jesus just saying that. Well, what's the verse, Caitlin? Do you have it? 11? Yeah. Yeah. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus actually said that, guys. Jesus said that. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. But what happened is when people were unsure about how Jesus spoke, they would throw that in, in the KJV. They would throw that verse in there as what Jesus said there because he repeated that multiple times. And so when they looked at the original manuscripts for the NIV, 
That stuff wasn't in there, so they didn't include it. But they wanted to note that in the KJV it's there. So that's, that's why verses are skipped. Okay? Guys, I know this is not like the most entertaining thing, but I wanted to answer this question about versions of the Bible and get through it, okay? So we got two more points real quick, and I know we're running out of time, but I'm going to fly through these, okay? Here's the important thing we need to realize. I hope this has helped you guys understand how the different versions of the Bible came to be, okay? If you're looking, I, I, I have a chart for you guys that I can show you which ones are word for word, which ones are thought for thought, and which ones are paraphrase, okay? Here's the important thing that I want you to take away from this when you're trying to decide what version of the Bible you should read. There are reliable versions and there are unreliable versions. There are ones that are translated from good manuscripts and there are ones that are translated from unfactual manuscripts. The most important thing you need to take away from this right here. God can speak to anyone through a reliable version, any reliable version. Okay, God can speak through any reliable version. Do not allow what version of the Bible you use to be something that causes division between you and another Christian. Okay, we already have enough things in our world and our society causing divisions in the church, causing division among believers. That the last thing we need to do is allow something as silly as which manuscript your English Bible is a translation of to be something that divides us as believers. So if you have a friend that uses ESV and you like to use NIV and your grandma likes to use KJV, that's all okay, guys. It's all okay. God can speak. Through any of these reliable versions. Because reliable translations, they don't budge on the core beliefs of Christianity. Things like salvation by grace, the resurrection of the body of Jesus, the deity of Christ, the trinity, the depravity of man, the inerrancy of scripture. All those things are included in all reliable versions of the Bible. What we have to do is we have to trust that the Holy Spirit does its job of being the communicator, the middleman between us and God, and allows us to understand the scripture that God has laid out, that God has breathed out to help us interpret that and understand that. That is the Holy Spirit's job, and we have to trust that it will do it, regardless of which translation or which version of the Bible we use. And the last point I want to make, <clears throat> and it is literally the most important point. Know the history of your version of the Bible. I, I can guarantee you that almost all, if not all of you came in here tonight, not knowing the history behind where your version of the Bible that you read, that you brought, that you look at came from. How can we ever know if our version of the Bible is true if we do not know where it came from? And I'll, I'll be the first to admit, when I was your age, I couldn't have cared less where the Bible came from. Someone gave me a Bible and said, read it. And I was like, yes, this is God's holy word. I tell you this all the time. Don't believe the things that I say up here. And that sounds really wrong and really weird for me to say. Don't believe the things that I say up here. When you hear me say something, I want you to go home. I want you to research it. I want you to look it up. I want it to be true for you. Just because it's true for me, just because I say it up here from in front of a, a stand with a tablet, 
doesn't make it truth. The things I say, I challenge you guys to go home, look them up, and understand them for yourself as truth. And in the same way, don't just believe me that these versions of the Bible came from this place. Don't just believe me with it when I say, hey, you should read your Bible. Why? How do you know that the Bible's true? How do you know that the NIV is, a, is an accurate translation? How do you know that the ESV is, is a good word-for-word translation? How do you know that? You have to know these things about the Bible, where it came from, why it says what it says. Know your version that you're reading. Guys, I don't care what version you pick, unless it's the message, don't do that. I don't care what version you pick, but know why you picked it. Don't just look at it and go, oh my gosh, this one has cool pictures in it. No. Pick a version of the Bible that is easy for you to read. It's easy for you to understand. That makes you like almost crave to want to read it. Because in reality, the most important thing about God's word is that you, that you want it. So I don't care what version you pick. Read a bunch. There's websites you can go and it literally puts like 20 translations of a verse on the same web page. And you can read all 20 of them and be like, wow, I like that one the best. Do it again for another verse. See if you get like the same one. If you start liking the same translation over and over and over, maybe go out and buy that translation and see if it works for you. If you want, if you want to borrow one, I literally have like seven different translations in my office. I don't care what version you read as long as it's reliable And as long as it's the one that works for you, just know where it came from. I'm going to pray for us and then we will get out of here. God, thank you so much for tonight. I thank you so much for your holy word that you speak to us through that. That is your word to us, that we can understand your thoughts, that we can understand who you are, why you do the things that you do. We can understand your character, your nature, everything about you through scripture. And I pray that you would help us all in here to seek out and find a a version of Scripture that speaks to us, that the Holy Spirit can work through in our lives. I challenge you to, to push all these students to find a version of your word that speaks to them. Allow them to get their hands on it, to dive into it in a way that is so infectious, not only in their life, in the lives of their family, their friends, and everyone they come in contact with, God. I pray that you would just allow your, your word, the sword of the spirit, to be the tool that we use to fight back against all the evil, all the horrible things in this world, God. It is such a vital part of our armor. I pray that you would help us to wield it to the best of our abilities. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.